Well, hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to see all of you here this morning with us, and I just always want to take a second and address everybody uh, watching online. I just want to say hello to you wherever you're watching from. So glad uh, that you're joining us as well. Uh, Welcome to week number two uh, of a series we're calling The Elephant in the Room, where we're taking five weeks, and and we're talking about topics that you want to know. We're answering the questions uh, that you ask and and what you want to know about. And really, uh, the premise of this series uh, is we're really trying to follow what Jesus kind of did. This is what Jesus actually did uh, when he traveled around uh, from town to town teaching about the kingdom of God, teaching about uh, the relationship between God and us and who he was. And what, what he w- would do a lot of times is there'd be crowds following him. And, and what we get to see is him answering questions that the crowd would actually ask him. And it would turn into an amazing teaching or bring amazing clarity uh, into the ideas about God and us. And so we're just kind of taking our cues uh, on what Jesus did and following him and trying to cover the things that you want to know, like things that are relevant. Relevant, uh, to your world right now. And last week, we opened up this series by asking a question a lot of you asked and wanted to know, which is, how do I find uh, and stay on God's path for my life? Is there a path that God has specifically for me? And so we talked about that. And this week, uh, we're going to actually talk about a topic that I'm hearing more and more lately, uh, and it's something that you want to know more about or have more clarity on, and it's this, aren't all religions the same? That's a question that you want to know about this week. So uh, I did a little digging uh, because I was very curious, like, why, why was that asked? Because primarily, I would guess most Christians actually ask that question. That's how we got the question back. Um, so I, I kind of did a lot of digging uh, over the week. And, and so uh, here's what I found uh, with this question. In an, I found this article written in the Washington Post. Okay, this is Washington Post. 2018, and the title of this is Most Americans Believe in a Higher Power. And, and the article referenced a Pew Research study uh, done, and, and this might surprise a lot of you actually, but here's what it actually said. It said that 9 out of 10 Americans still believe in God. That might be surprising to some of you, that 9 out of 10 still believe in God. And there are people who say they don't uh, believe in God, or maybe that they would say they're not really sure that there is a God. So you have, you know, agnostics and atheists, and there's actually a, a group that they call themselves the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Uh, it's a group, and, but that still only constitutes about 10% of Americans. Only 1 out of 10 would say that they're not sure about or they don't believe in God. So, so here's what I found. This is really interesting. I found the majority of Americans still believe in God. And here's the point. The point is, and I think this is why so many of you ask this question, it's not that controversial to believe in God, actually. It's really not that controversial to believe in God. But uh, it is controversial to believe that there is only one way to get to heaven. Because, I mean, Andy, like, what about other faiths? Right? Like, what about other religions? Like, they're sincere. Like, they, they don't believe in the same uh, religion that I have, but, but so they're sincere. They're, I've, I've seen people of other faith. They're really good people. And so you're telling me uh, that there's only one religion that's right, and all the other ones are wrong. And so what a lot of people end up doing, and actually what a lot of Christians end up maybe leaning into a little bit more than they think is, well, okay, well, maybe, maybe there's some validity uh, to, to all these religions. Maybe all roads kind of wind up in the same place, whether it's the road of Christianity or the road of uh, Hinduism or Buddhism or, or Mormonism or, or Islam. You know, it's more about being good and sincere, really, if you think about it, uh, than there really only being way. It's more about, like, being faithful to the, to the religion that you're a part of. Um, because here's why we may lean that why more people may say it because here's what the uncomfortable question really is for us here's the Andy are you telling me that people who believe in Jesus are the only ones who have the ticket and that everybody else is going to hell that just doesn't seem right I don't seem I don't know Andy I'm not I'm not sure 
But here's the thing, then Jesus, you see, he comes along and, and he says something really controversial. Here's what he says. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's what, that's what Jesus said. And, and if you look at that, that's pretty controversial. That's really controversial. And so uh, as I researched this week, and I had a really good time researching all the, all the religions and all the things that the guy kind of had, had me researching this week, but I found something really fascinating when it comes to Jesus. I don't know if you know about this, but did you know that every major world religion recognizes Jesus? Did you know that? It's true. In fact, uh, in the Quran, uh, which is Islam's Bible, they mentioned Jesus 25 times in the Quran. He's mentioned 25 times in the Quran. Gandhi, who's the most famous Hindu, he actually talked about how great Jesus was. He actually said, man, I love uh, uh, the Christian's Messiah. I just don't like the Christians so much. That's what he said. He said he, he totally uh, believed that Jesus was real. And Judaism, uh, Judaism believes that Jesus existed, and they say that he is one of the most influential teachers of all time. And so here's the thing. Like, it's not a stretch to say that most people it's just they don't like the fact that he said he was the only way to heaven. People got why I killed that led him to crucified the cross. They didn't like that he said that. And people, by the way, are still like that today. They, he came to a conclusion uh, that, that Christianity is it. Like he became a Christian after looking at the evidence that was so there about Jesus' death and resurrection. And now he just dedicated his life to writing and, and talking about religious truth. And here's what Ravi Zacharias said about tolerance. He said this. He said, truth cannot be sacrificed on the altar of tolerance. Some beliefs are false and we know them to be false. To deem, now this is what we gotta catch, to deem all religions equally true is sheer nonsense for the simple fact that they radically contradict each other, okay? So we're gonna, we're gonna be looking into the major religions here in a minute. We're gonna talk about that for a second, but again, that's just a word that we wrestle with on both sides of the coin. Christians wrestle with it, and other people are like, yeah, you gotta be more open-minded. Let's just say that everything's okay. So that's a word we wrestle with tolerance. Here's another word that we wrestle with, and it's arrogance, right? I think we wrestle with this idea when we think that there's one way or whatever, we wrestle with arrogance. Uh, and we wrestle with this word arrogance because arrogant people stink. I'm just gonna tell you right now, they stink, right? We don't like arrogant people. We don't wanna be arrogant about anything. Like, just, like they know better. They've always, they're always one up in every story that we ever tell. We really don't, you know, they, they, they've been further, they work harder, they play harder, and they're never wrong. They're just really fun people. You know what I'm saying? Like they just, they're who you want at your party. Uh, but, but and, and why I think a lot of people wrestle with this uh, word arrogance is because, well, here it is. Well, like, I mean, I believe in Jesus. Like, of course, I mean, that's how I grew up. I'm from West Virginia. I mean, that's, that's what I learned about. That's what my mom and dad taught. That's how I, and of course, Jesus is my way. But does he really have to be the only way? I don't even know about other religions. I mean, it, it seems a little arrogant uh, to believe that. It's a word. It's just a word that people wrestle with on both sides of the coin. And just so you know, by the way, just so you know, uh, believing that there's one truth doesn't automatically make you arrogant. I just want to let you know that. Just believing that there's one truth that doesn't, they're, 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 you can be confident without being arrogant, uh, just so you know. Uh, but that's another word that we wrestle with. Here's a third word that we wrestle with, with this idea, uh, is exclusivity, right? Now, there is not a person in this room or watching right now who hasn't been excluded for something. Right, with all of his experience being excluded from something that we want to be a part of, and here's the thing: it's a terrible feeling, right? It's a terrible feeling uh, being left out. So, why would we want to be a part of something? Why would we want to be in something that actually excludes people, right? 
This summer, uh, we went to my brother-in-law's wedding, my family and I, and it was a great wedding. And they actually did the old tradition where the, the bride throws the bouquet uh, behind her to the single ladies. And so what I did when they were doing that is I kind of nudged my four-year-old daughter, Roxy. I said, get up there, get, go over there, right? Get out on the stage. And she had no idea what she was doing. She's like, okay. And she just walked out there. And so it was her and these uh, older ladies, older gals, uh, you know, and all the single ladies was playing from Beyonce, you know. And she was out there. She had no idea what she was doing. She's like, okay, yeah, you know, she was out there. Then uh, Brandy was about getting ready to throw the flowers, and she saw flowers, and she goes, I'm in. Like, she just was like, I want those flowers, okay? And so she was like vying for position, you know, and I'm like, there she is, right? And so Brandy threw the flowers, and somebody else caught it, okay? And Roxy just stopped dead and just was like, wait, 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 I want flowers. And then I felt like the worst dad in the world making her go out there. I was like, oh, that was a bad shit. So then she was, she, and she, she was out there so long. And I felt what she felt. I'm telling you, gang, I, felt, I was like, oh man, I just feel her exclusion right now. And she was out there for so long with her arms out that she was the only one on the stage. No kidding you. She just felt so excluded. But here's what she ended up doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that. Makes lemonade out of lemons, everybody. That's my girl. Like, she was just like, whatever, man. Like, ugh. Uh, but, but, hey, nobody likes feeling excluded. So maybe, Andy, maybe uh, we could just say there's validity in all these religions. There's some validity. So maybe we could just say they all lead to the same destination, just different ways to get there. But let's, so let's just talk about this for a minute. I want to talk about this for a minute because it may sound nice, right? And it may seem, that might get you popular parties by saying, yeah, I just think everything has some validity. But here's my question that I want us to look at for seriousness. Does it stand up? Does it really stand up? So I just want to look into this really quick, okay? And, and just so it may be help us. And, and here's what I'm going to say. If you just study, if you just sit down and study all the major world religions in 10 minutes, like if you just study them for 10 minutes, you are logically going to conclude that they cannot be the same at all. Like, they just can't be the same. And you can say you think they are. Like, you can actually still say that. You can say, well, it does, I still think they are. But you can also say that you think the earth is flat. It just don't make it true, you know? And I know Netflix has a, a, a documentary on it about the flat earthers, but because you have a Netflix documentary does not mean it's true either. It just means it's entertaining. Uh, maybe at your expense, okay? I'm just saying, like, it don't mean that it's real. Um, but so I'm just saying. But, but and, and I'm not covering all the, the depths of these religions. I'm not doing it for a couple reasons. One is I'm not that smart. I'm not good enough to know all these, and so I'm not gonna act like I'm an expert at these. And two, this is what I want. All I wanna do is just for us to really look at this and just understand that all roads absolutely cannot lead to the same destination it's listen to me it's just illogical it's just illogical to actually think that and here's my thing all religions would actually agree with that okay so let's just look at these uh really quick uh, and we actually have a handout out there on the tables if you want to grab one to to like maybe put in your binders there they're punched and everything so uh, Hinduism, here's what Hinduism believes about God. There's actually no supreme God. There's like not really a supreme God, but there's millions of gods. And you've heard maybe of some of their gods, but they, they believe that, that everything's God, that you're a God, I'm a God. So there's millions of gods. And, but their primary function here is, is it's about karma and reincarnation. Like that's how, and, and it's really getting to this goal of being liberated, having liberation. And so uh, what Hindus believe is that, that when you die, uh, that you, whether you, how good you did or bad you did, that you are reincarnated uh, into something else based on how good or bad you were. And actually, most Hindus believe that everyone has thousands of lives right now, that we've all had thousands of lives, uh, and then you could eventually maybe achieve liberation. But actually, most Hindus, even the big Hindu scholars, they, they actually say, but most people are actually going to turn into uh, an animal or, or an insect or something like that. So that's Hinduism. Uh, Islam, 
Islam actually does. They believe that there is one God. They say there is one God, Allah, and his prophets is Muhammad. That's what they say. Uh, and this is actually a really interesting one because um, uh, there were a couple of questions. People asked, like, do Muslims and Christians actually worship the same God? I want to talk about that for a second, maybe allow you to uh, think about this for a minute. But here's what they say. There is one God, Allah, but, but he's not a personal God. He, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not personal with you. He doesn't really uh, know you like that. He's just this big God. Uh, but also, Islam denies the deity of Jesus Christ. They don't, they don't believe that Jesus is actually God's son. They talk about Jesus. They believe he is a prophet, but they actually believe it's blasphemous uh, to say that God would have a son. And so they, so when you ask that question, do, do Muslims and, and Christians worship the same God? I would say the answer is no. And here's the thing. They would actually uh, agree with me on that. They, 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 it's not the same God because they deny the Trinity, uh, which we believe, and we'll see that in a minute. But that's Islam, and they actually believe that, that there is a paradise, but you don't get there with forgiveness. You actually get there by working the five pillars of faith. You earn it, uh, and I don't know how you find out if you did enough, but that's what they say. Buddhism uh, was probably the most interesting one that I studied. It's one I knew least about, uh, but they're actually really fuzzy about God. They're actually kind of, they're, it's not really about God. They're like, yeah, there might be a God. Uh, it's not really about God. Really what Buddhism is about is it's just about achieving enlightenment, that you can get to a point where you're just really, really uh, enlightened. And that, that's really what Buddhism is about, really fuzzy on God. Uh, Mormonism, I actually... Uh, listen to this one too because there were several people that asked that question as well uh, are Mormons Christians do Mormons and Christians do they, do they have the same beliefs are they still basing you know are they the same uh, and so I'm just going to kind of lay out what I, what I found out and a lot of this actually came from straight out of uh, Joseph Smith the founder of Mormonism uh, but there's really kind of do you think about Mormonism as three phases phase one is that first of all God was not always God that he was actually a lot like us we were all spir spiritual children in another place and we were all with God at one point and then God eventually achieved deity achieved God's status. Uh, and then this is like kind of phase two where we are kind of on a proving ground uh, of faith, and it's about the Mormon faith. And uh, there's actually, when it comes to heaven, they believe in heaven, but there's three levels of heaven. And God's only on the, the first level, uh, like that level one heaven. And it, you can only get there to be in God's presence by how you lived out the Mormon faith. And then if you didn't live it really well, then you're on level two or level three. So that's, that's the Mormon faith in a nutshell really quick. Uh, and then Christianity. Christianity uh, believes that there is a personal God. There's a God who made you and knows you and loves you, uh, and he exists as one God, uh, but in three persons, in three distinct persons. Very important to understand the Trinity there because uh, that is a distinction with Christianity, uh, that he exists in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, uh, and they all exist as one God in three persons, not three separate gods, but one God. Uh, and that heaven, uh, heaven is, is really, you can only get to heaven really through one thing, uh, through placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ because Jesus is God's Son who came down here and he died on the cross actually be a solution for what actually every religion agrees on. That's one thing that religions agree on. There's, there, are, there is a major problem that all of us have, which is imperfection. Uh, and what Christianity says is that Jesus came to actually die uh, for you and that, that you can actually place your faith in Jesus uh, for the forgiveness of their sin and that is what takes to get to heaven. It's not about doing anything. It's not about figuring out how much you did to earn it or anything like it. It's, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Uh, and then so it's not worse, it's just getting in through faith and trust in Jesus. And then I have what I say, the 51 percenter, okay? Now, that's not actually a religion, I just kind of wrote that, because uh, I do think that uh, this is an important one to understand. So the 51 percenter, uh, it actually is that you believe in God, but you kind of look at it, and you believe in heaven, and you, you know, a lot of 51, they believe in Jesus, but they, they actually look at heaven like kind of on a scale. 
and like if Jesus is 100 on the scale and Hitler is zero, uh, then I got to do just enough to get, just tip it to 51, like do enough good, give enough money, help Mildred across the street, do all that stuff, and, and I just got to get to 51, and I ain't Hitler, so like, and if I do enough, then I'm good. I'm like, I'm in heaven, and I'm good, you know? Um, by the way, uh, and that's not even close. Like, that's not close to Christianity because it totally contradicts the whole reason for Jesus. I'm just saying, but a lot of people kind of think that, yeah, I just got to be good enough and get me to 51. And it's like, the problem is that's a, what's 51? Like, what is that? How, how good is good enough? Uh, so, so here's the point. Again, I want to get buried on this. Uh, here's the point. The point is, I just want us to see, and you can get those uh, on your way out there and, uh, and, and pick one up, but uh, I just want to see at minimum, they can't all be the same. You would agree, right? And, and, and when you just look at the one level, the God level, hopefully you can see that just at that God level, that they're all just completely different. They're all completely different. So even though religions are basically, uh, or saying religions are basically the same, if you say that, it may seem like intellectually open, and you may be popular at a party by saying, I just think they all have validity. Like, it just doesn't stand up to actual reasoning. It just doesn't. It can't. And so, so here it is. Here's the deal, gang. This is just the deal. I'm just going to tell you. There are a ton of things that you would actually agree on. In this world, there are a ton of things we encounter in life where there's only one way. And to say anything else is silly. That's just true. Like, there are a lot of things that we believe in that there's just one way, and, and to think any other way is silly. So then here's the question. Then, then what do we know that's true? How do we know which is true? If all religions are not the same, then how do you know? How do you know which one is true? Well, that's exactly where a group of people were uh, that I want to look at today. And they were, they were a group of people trying to find an answer to that exact question. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. Open them up. We're going to get into to a really awesome story. It's Acts chapter 17. Go ahead and grab those. Open up to Acts 17. I want to go there today. Uh, and as you're getting there, I want to set this up really quick. So this is about 20 years in Acts 17, about 20 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, okay? And we're going to see a guy named Paul. And Paul is about to tell a group of people about Jesus, and this guy, Paul, this is interesting. He had uh, an encounter with Jesus, but he never saw Jesus, never met Jesus, never saw with his own eyes uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus, okay? So in a lot of ways, Paul is like us, those of us who are Christians. Like, we haven't seen Jesus, we didn't see him. We just placed our faith and trust in the fact that it actually happened. Um, and so, uh, but Paul did have an encounter with Jesus, but it was about three years after the resurrection, okay? And why I think... This is a great story to look at is because this starts with a guy who didn't hang out with Jesus but was changed by him. And he's telling a group of people who never heard about Jesus, but they're about to, okay? And so here we go. Paul is in Athens. He's hanging out waiting for his friends. And he starts looking around in Athens. And he sees all these idols, like a bunch of idols around. All these gods were represented. So he decides, I'm going to go to the marketplace. I'm going to start talking about Jesus. I'm going to just tell people about, about Jesus. So he starts doing that. And all of a sudden, he kind of gets the ears of these philosophers in Athens. They start uh, kind of talking to him. They start talking about religion they start talking about uh, Jesus and they engage about the death and resurrection and they find it interesting and so what they do is they take Paul to the high council like we want come to the high council I want you to, to to tell them and so they get him there and they just say okay Paul start from the beginning like tell us about this new teaching and so this is starting in verse 22 and here's what he says uh, to this high council and he says so Paul standing in the midst of the Areopagus that's the high council he said men of Athens I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I pass along and observe the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. All right, so there's these statues all around, like all these gods, and I, just, I actually kind of find this funny. Uh, they even have one just in case uh, that says the unknown God. So just in case God, the, the real God comes waltzing in, they're like, 
Hey, it's you. That's it. That's you. I just think that's really funny. You might. I think it's funny. Uh, and, and so they're like, yeah. So, so Paul takes that and he goes, okay, I'm going to use this because, hey, you're looking for truth. Like you really are wanting to know. You, you got all this stuff and you really do uh, want to know what's out there. You're very religious. You're really looking uh, what's bigger and better out there. And so he keeps going. Here's what he says. He says, so what therefore you worship is unknown. This I proclaim to you. So here he goes. How do you start when you don't know how to start? What do you do when you don't have the Bible to say anything and they've never heard about Jesus? Here's what he is about to say. He says, The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything that's a pretty good start and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth we're going to talk about it in a second having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place so paul he says hey you're thinking about you're wondering about there is a god there is a God, and he is bigger, way bigger than any other God that you could ever imagine. He's not a God that could fit in that column that you have. There's, there's a, he's bigger than that. He can't fit in the, the temple that you made. And he says, think about it. God doesn't even need you. He, that's how big he is. He doesn't really need you. You go into these altars, and, and you go into the temples, and you light incense, and you, you, know, you sprinkle Fritos around and all. He's like, he doesn't even need any of that. He doesn't even like Fritos. And like, he's, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than that. He does, and he, what he says, he doesn't need anything from you. He actually gives everything to you. And then he takes it a step further and he goes, and this God, in fact, and this is what we gotta check into, in fact, is tied to every single person on planet earth, every single human being on the planet. He's not just the God of your land. He's not just a Mediterranean God. He's not just a God of that tribe. He's not a Southern God. He's not a Middle Eastern God. Paul is saying there is a God who is actually over all creation. So now they're kind of listening. They're like, I never heard that before. And then Paul says, now God is telling the world, you gotta pay attention. And they're paying it. They're like, I'm in, like, keep going. So he says this in verse 31, because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the whole world, not just a few, the whole world in righteousness and perfection by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And so Paul says, here's what God did. He gave us proof. He gave us someone. He gave us a man. And they all knew it was Jesus that he was talking about. Like he had been talking about Jesus all day long in the marketplace and everywhere. That God gave us someone who was so powerful, who was so wise, who was so all-knowing and great, that he is the one who will bring justice to this entire world. He's going to make everything right. And then Paul says something that just stops everything. He says, and God gave us proof to everyone because he raised this guy from the dead. And people saw it. And I'm telling you, I was around the people who saw it and it changed me because of it. I was where they were. I didn't see it for myself, but I'm telling you, I was with them. I've been around them and I had an encounter that I cannot explain myself. And that's why I'm here. God raised his son, Jesus, from the dead to prove the claims that he made to save the entire world. Amen. And when they heard it, they wept and they destroyed all of the idols in Athens. Actually, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. You need to read your Bible. That's not what happened. That's not a story. But that's what you think would happen if it's legend, right? That's what you would think it would say if they're like trying to, if we're really trying to influence a, a story. But that's not what it says, everybody. Because this is real. This isn't just a story. This isn't myth. 
Here's what actually happened. They said, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. They said, oh, come on, is that, is that where you were going with this, really? And they were like, come on, they left. But others said, here's what others said, well, we will hear you again about this. We need more information, Paul. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I need some more information. And so Paul went out from their midst. But some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris and others with them. And so I want to catch this because I believe why, this is why this story is so great. Some believed in Jesus. Some believed, not from a story you grew up with because they never heard this story. Not from what your mom and dad taught you or, or because you were in church your whole life or grew up with a tradition that you want to continue or just even believe in this is just a good thing to be a part of. They just knew, ah, oh, that's the unknown God. That's it. And this is the crazy part, everybody. See, some didn't believe. Some didn't. But some did. And then what happened after that? Some others believed. And then some more believed. And then some more. And then some more. And for the next 2,000 years, don't miss this, this one event, this claim of the resurrection of Jesus, God's son, it grew believers into the billions. It's crazy. And you just, listen, you can still say, that you don't believe in the resurrection. You can actually still say that. You can say that. Like, I've never seen anybody die and be dead for three days and then come back from the dead and show me the holes on his hands and on his uh, legs. And, and so you could say that, but here's what I would say that you would at least agree with, okay? You, wouldn't you at least agree that if it did happen, if it did, that that would be a game changer? You would agree that, right? You would say, yeah, it would be a game changer if that actually did happen. See, anybody could say what Jesus said. But coming back from the dead, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And maybe you think, well, but yeah, but maybe, maybe his boys made it up. Like, maybe they're like, man, we loved him, and he was awesome, and we want to keep his legacy going, so let's just make it up, kind of keep, keep this ball rolling as, as much as we could. And you could believe that. You could kind of say that's probably what happened. Uh, Tim Keller, another guy that's way smarter than me, he wrote another book on your outline there uh, called The Reason for God, and this is what he actually says with that thought, because, again, you could think that. Uh, and I'm telling you, like, that's okay. Like, you could think that. Uh, but here's what he says about how to handle this uh, with Jesus and what he said and what the others did and what happened with this movement of people believing that Jesus really is who he said he is. And I'm gonna read part of it and then I'm gonna put part of it on the screen to catch. But here's what he says. He says, his followers, Jesus, his followers, said that their beliefs did not come from debating or discussing. That's not how it started. They were just telling others what they saw themselves. No one has come up with any plausible alternative to this claim. Now catch this. This is what he continues to say. Even if you propose the highly unlikely idea that one or two of Jesus' disciples did get the idea that he was raised from the dead on their own, that they're just like, let's just make it up. They would never have gotten a movement of other Jews to believe it unless there were multiple, inexplicable, plausible, repeated encounters with Jesus. I mean, gang, just think about this. Think about this. The odds, the odds of a guy, this guy Jesus, and all that he said, and all the things that he predicted they came through, and all that he did, if it's not real, and if it's not accounted for, and it's not witnessed, the odds of this that to even make it out of one city, let alone the history of billions of people where they come to their own decision about Christ, like that is, it's inexplicable. It doesn't make sense. It's astronomical, the odds of that, if it didn't happen. So, so, so here it is, gang. Here it is, right here, okay? This is it. What if Jesus is different? What if? 
It's like, Andy, well, how do you know? How do you know? Like, how do you really know that Jesus is it? How do you know he's different? Here's what I would tell you, and here's what, here's what every Jesus follower in this room and watching would tell you. It's because of two things, two reasons why Jesus is different. If you're taking notes, it's because of what he said, and it's because of what he did. That's why. At the end of the day, Here's, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you believe, honestly. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter if you would have done it another way or all that stuff. Only thing that matters at the end of the day is what Jesus claimed and what did he do to back it up. That's it. Like, what did he claim and if he backed that claim up, right? I want to look at this again just really quick. I just want to, I want us to be crystal clear on what he said, okay? Let's go back to what he said. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one can come to the Father except through me. That's what he said. This is what it says in Acts 4. If you're like, yeah, but maybe they misconstrued it. Here's what, here's what he said. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Gang, Jesus is the only one who solved the problem that all of us have with God, all of us. That's why Christianity is so different. That's, that's what it is. And here's the key, man. If you can start to understand what actually keeps us from God, if you can just come to understand, like, what is it that keeps us all from God? Then you understand why Christianity is the only religion that actually solves a problem that all other religions actually agree on. It's the only one that solves a problem. And, and the, here's the problem. And here's the, the problem is, is what I know that all of you would agree on, even if you don't even have to believe in God to actually agree to the problem that every human being has. And here it is. Nobody's perfect. Like you don't have to believe in God to believe that nobody's perfect because no one is perfect. And the problem is that God has to be perfect. If he's not, he wouldn't be God. So there's a problem because where perfect God lives, he lives in a perfect place. And if you gotta get to a perfect place, kind of have to be perfect. And it's a problem. And so here's what most religions would say. Most religions would actually say, yeah, like there is a problem. Uh, no one is perfect. And what other religions say was well, then you have to do. Okay, then just you have to do do more you have to do good be good pray more and then you're never really going to know if you did good enough to get there but you just got to do you just keep doing these things you got to earn your way uh, and here's what i'm going to tell you and you can look this up for yourself every major leader of any other religion here's what they would say i'm not god but here's how you get to him do that's what they would say i'm not god but here's how you get to him do but Jesus Christ is the only leader of any other religion who said this. He says, hey, I'm not here to show you how to get to God. I am God, and I came to get you. It's a major difference, everybody. Major difference. And then what he says is, I'll prove it. I'll prove it. I'm gonna die, and then I'm gonna come back from the dead. And there are gonna be so many people that see it that there's no way it's gonna be stopped with the eyewitnesses of this. And it's gonna grow and grow. And he's the only one. He's the only one. Every religion says do. Jesus, God in the flesh, came and said done. It's finished. You don't have to worry about doing enough or whatever. I'm gonna die for your sin to be wiped away. It's finished. The price has been paid for your life. And he paid that price, gang, for all. For all. If you accept his invitation. And here's what I'm gonna argue. I think it's the most inclusive thing that has ever existed on planet Earth. Because nobody's excluded. Everybody's invited. That's the difference, that's the difference. And, and you can still say, I, I'm not naive, I, I'm not, I mean, you can still be here and say, I don't believe it, I don't agree with it, or you, maybe you would say, I don't, I don't know if I, I would have done it differently. I don't know if I would have done it that way. You can say that, but here's what you cannot say, because even the other religions of the world, can't, you can't deny Jesus. You can't. 
There's too much evidence. It's impossible to deny Jesus. So you got to do something with him. Because every religion does something with Jesus. They even talk about Jesus. He mentioned in the Quran. You can't deny Jesus. There's just too much evidence. So here it is. Here, here, here it is. What if, what if, there is only one way. What if? And what if what Jesus said is real and right? And what if, this is just a bonus what if. What if is actually the most inclusive thing that you'll ever hear in your entire life? What do you do with that? Gang, the Bible says, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that all of humanity is hopelessly lost in sin. And all of us face a death that we cannot have a solution for. We don't have a solution for. But God, in his infinite love and mercy and grace, sent us his son to come and to die for you, to pay for your sins so that you can overcome that death that you cannot have a solution for, that he bought it for a price with his death on the cross for you. Now, a lot of you here, like you've accepted that invitation. And I think you asked that question, maybe because you just, I don't know why, maybe you need a little more clarity. Maybe you're like, I just need, I just need to have some confidence. In it. So here's what I hope for you. Maybe I hope God met you in this place today with this. I hope you learned a little bit of something and, and God just met you wherever you asked that question. This, and I'm gonna tell you something, a believer in Christ, if you're here, this is just as powerful and important a message for you than anybody else. This isn't just for lost people. In fact, there's nothing more important. Like, I, I, just, I don't know, man. I just hope you don't see yourself above this. It's like, oh yeah, I, I'm beyond that. I need deeper things, Andy. Come on, give me the meat. Give me the good stuff. You will never, ever, ever move past this to be beneficial and powerfully changing in your life. Just this right here. I hope you know that. I just feel like sometimes we think we need to get to the bigger, better things. What? What's bigger? What's better? Tell me. What's deeper? What's, honestly. So I'm just praying that God meets you in this. So you didn't check yourself at the door with what we were talking about today. Psalm 51, David said, man, remind me of the joy of your salvation. I'm just praying that God met you there to remind you of the joy of your salvation, that you're encouraged, that you're challenged. I'm telling you what, man, this past week when I was studying this, I was, I was challenged really big time this week. It was awesome. I hope that you're encouraged and challenged. It's just awesome to be reminded, isn't it, everybody? Just awesome to be reminded. So some of you, some of you need more information. You're just like the, the folks in the Areopagus. You're like, I need a little bit more, Andy. Here's the, that's why I listed those books. Get one of those books, man. Get one of the, those books are amazing books. The Reason for God, Jesus Among Other Gods, The Case for, Case for Christ is awesome. Lee Strobel, this guy who wrote that book, he wrote that book because his wife actually became a Christian and he was an atheist. And he goes, well, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Whoops, whoops. He became a Christian. Awesome book, awesome book. So get one of those books. And some of you, some of you here right now, you are actually ready. You're ready uh, to respond to this invitation that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one can get to the Father except through him, and you're ready to actually make that decision. So I want to give you a chance to respond to that, uh, to actually accept this invitation, and to plant this day as the day that, that you receive God's uh, love and, and mercy and forgiveness, that you are made new through what Jesus did, not what you do. So I'm going to give you a chance to respond to that. And, and after the service, if you want prayer for anything, I'm going to be right here. I'll just, just come up. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to pray with you. I'll just be right there. Uh, anybody who wants to pray that, that's a leader of this church, you want to come and pray for anybody, just come to the front and we'd love to pray for you. Um, so let's just, let's, if you would, just bow your head with me. Maybe this, and here's what, I just want to give you a moment. Just, I want you to get, just to have a second to respond right now to this incredible message, wherever you are with God, wherever you are in your journey, just to have a moment with him right now, just to respond.
we're praying right now. You can just keep your heads down and eyes closed as you're praying. Uh, I just, like I said, I, I just feel like I want to ask some of you, uh, just straight up, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Do you know him as your Savior? I want you to really think about this right now in this moment, just to really ask yourself, do I really have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If he's the only way, it's the most important question you'll ever ask in your life. And if you don't have that, and you feel ready uh, to do that, I'm gonna lead you into a prayer here in a minute, and I'll tell you, here's what I'm gonna tell you, it'll cost you everything, I guarantee you. It will cost you your life, but it's the greatest deal that you'll ever have. It's the greatest decision you can ever make, but you gotta turn your life over to him. And maybe you're here, and maybe you've never heard uh, about Jesus' way. Maybe you were kind of more about more in that 51%er thing than you thought, where you're like, man, I, I really actually do think it's about maybe just doing enough good stuff and maybe just tipping the scale and all that stuff. But here, and I hope you see right now in this moment, I hope you see that if that's what you're banking on, like going to church and doing all these good things, like I hope that you see that, man, I wouldn't bank on that. Like I wouldn't bank on that, man. I hope you see that that's, that's, that's not a good thing to bank on to get you there. That going to church, praying, doing all that stuff, like that, that's not what gets you saved. We do that because we are saved. There's only one way. It's it. There's just one way. It's to receive the payment that Jesus paid for you. So what you do is you give him your life. Stop being a 51%er. Give him your whole life. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you just confess that he's Lord and, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what it says, that you will be saved if you say and believe these things, that you'll be saved, you'll be made perfect by Jesus right in that moment because it's all paid for. It's an awesome deal. I'm telling you, it's all paid. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to wonder anymore. So if you're ready to accept this gift uh, and you don't even have to have everything figured out and you're just ready to take that step and, and uh, receive this invitation for freedom and forgiveness and of your sins and you wanna take it, if you're ready for that, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, okay? I'm gonna pray and help you mark this day that you experience uh, new life with God. Here it is. You can just pray with me. God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for making a way for me even though I'm stuck in my sin. Jesus, thank you for paying for my sin. Thank you for dying my death so that I could have eternal life. Make me new. Forgive me. Save me. I surrender everything to you, and I believe that your death wipes away my sin, and that's it. And I give you my life. I will live the rest of my life for you. Father, thank you for the decision that was made right here this morning. The decisions that were made today, we welcome them into the kingdom. We celebrate the new life that was actually made here. And I just pray uh, for all of us today with all the things that we're talking about. We've been talking about some really, really uh, tough things. We've been wrapping our heads around good things. I know you're here, and I know that you know these hearts around you. I pray that you're working on people's hearts with some of the things we're talking about. And today, I pray that you'll work on our hearts with whether or not there is only one way. And what do we do with that? How do we respond to what Jesus said and what he did. I, I'm so glad you met us here today, God. We love you for, for who you are and what you did for us, and we just pray for all this in Jesus' amazing name. Amen. Amen. Hey, that concludes our service, everybody. Don't forget to get one of those handouts, a binder. Uh, thanks for being here. Next week, we're going to just continue the series with the next question. See you next Sunday.